Welcome to the Geek Therapy Podcast. I'm your host, Josue Cardona. And today we're going to talk about Legends of the Night, a documentary that I honestly, I know exactly what it is in my head, but it's also so many things at once that it's hard to describe. And I'm glad to have the the filmmaker behind uh, Legends of the Night, Brett Culp here, to talk to me about it. So, Brett, welcome to the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, you know, I've been I've been wanting to talk to you about the film for a while, and now that it's out, um, I've seen it maybe five times. <laughs> I think um, it's so good, and and I think what I said at the beginning is absolutely true. I think it does a lot of things, and yeah. uh, I wrote an article where I kind of tried to describe it. I want to hear wh- how do you describe Legends of the Night? What is it? You know, it is the funniest thing. I I feel like the first year I was working on this film, it was like I was like making shadow puppets on the wall trying to explain it. And and you're you're exactly right. And I appreciate how perceptive you are that it is doing so many things on so many levels. And that wasn't because I was so smart. It was just because when you capture people's stories and you you share what's real, uh, you know, about these things, it becomes so multifaceted. Um, and so, so multidimensional, but the way I explain it to people at this point is that legends of the night is a documentary film that tells, tells the true stories of people who became real life heroes because they were inspired by their childhood love of Batman. And so the film explores the power of stories, particularly heroic stories and the power that they have to change who we are. Uh, how we perceive ourselves and how we perceive the good and the power we have to do something in the world positive. And, and so, you know, but, but that said, it's, it's so much more than that uh, in terms of what I've, what I've seen in these stories as I've explored this film over the past two years. That's really good. You should keep using that one. Uh, no, good, good. <laughs> I screwed it up a little bit in the second and third sentence, but you know, I, I was a little off script on that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think it, it's perfect. I think when people see it or people see the advertisement, they, they may not be sure what it is, right? Because you see Batman in different ways and you see people maybe dressed as Batman or with Batman symbols on. And, but what you described is absolutely true. I mean, it's the power of this character to inspire people. And I think you showed such a huge range of of stories that that's what makes it difficult to describe. Yes, that's exactly right. And that was part of our intention was every single one of these stories shows a different aspect of how a heroic story like Batman, which Batman's a fictional story, but a lot of this stuff could be just as true for real life stories. I mean, we could have made a movie like this about Martin Luther King Jr. and have taken the exact same approach and shown the exact same thing because heroes are heroes are heroes in 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 our brains, in our hearts, in our emotions and and which is where all this stuff lives anyway. And you know, so we were interested to try to find as many different kinds of stories, as many different types of people uh, that had been changed and moved in different ways. And every time I show this movie to somebody, I, the question I ask people after they've seen the movie and they're like, oh, I loved it. The question I ask them is, which story did you like the best? And I have heard every single person in this movie at least once. So, you know, for every diff- there's nobody that everybody unanimously hates, but there's nobody that they unanimously are like, this was my favorite. And I think that's the beauty of the, these kind of, um, collages uh documentaries that are collages that don't just follow one character is you can find someone in the mix that that is 
your story that's telling a story that's very similar to what you're going through and what you connect with. And I think that's the power of a film like this. And you did mention that it could have been about any hero. So why Batman? Oh, you know, well, now the nerd in me is going to come out. So, you know, I love Batman. I mean, I'm a lifelong Batman fan. You know, my second-year-old birthday party was a Batman party. When you look at the photographs of me as a, you know, at, at, when, at the hospital when my sister was born, I'm wearing a Batman t-shirt. Um, you know, m- some of my earliest movies when I was a little kid were little stop motion movies that I made with my Batman figures. And I did all the voices and, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, I killed Jason Todd in one of my movies and, you know, all that stuff. You know, I, I, I was into that as a kid. And so when I realized that I wanted to make a documentary film that was about the power of story, I started to think in my mind, well, what story, you know, what's like a modern folklore for us you know what how can we show how could i show this and batman was the obvious choice i mean the character's been around now for 75 years multiple generations have experienced this character he has gone through as many transformations as any fictional character of the past 75 years could have possibly gone through and yet at every single turn he has been embraced he has been loved he has found a new fan base and, you know, even though today there may be versions of Batman that we can't possibly understand, how could you possibly have ever loved Adam West as Batman? Even today, the the worm is starting to turn. And, you know, whereas five years ago, everybody just hated and despised it. You know, last month, there was like a cry of joy when it was announced that they were going to come out on DVD. And if that had been announced five years ago, people wouldn't have been ready for it. But now they're starting to turn and see that that version is valid, too. So here's this character that's been changed so many times. And even though you could have taken a lot of great hero stories like Star Wars and Doctor Who and, and Doctor Who's a better one because he has transformed. But, you know, Star Trek and uh, Lord of the Rings. These characters have, you know, have these great resonance with us. In many ways, they haven't transformed quite like Batman has. Doctor Who may be the exception, but, um, you know, in many ways, um, Batman is the one single character that we just keep changing and keep reinventing. He's us. When um, when they announced that Ben Affleck was going to play the new the new movie version of Batman, people got, you know, a lot of people were upset. And I just remember saying, wait a minute, do you under, are you aware of how many different versions of Batman there are running currently right now? Yes. You know, I think, I don't know of any other character that has so many iterations con- running constantly parallel to one another. Yes, yes, a- absolutely. There's no question. And so many storytellers have touched this character versus other very mainstream heroes that have been controlled by one storyteller. You know, there really is only one voice for Harry Potter. And Batman is the exact opposite of that. I felt the same way about the stories that, that you described. You know, some of them I like more than others. I think on different sittings, I've I've uh, liked one more than another. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Which one did you like the best? Which one, Which one do you like the best now? Um, I got to say, I really like... <sighs> Let me see. You put me on the spot. I'm sorry, I put you on the spot, but I told you that I ask everyone that asks this thing. That's <laughs> why so I got to ask uh... you. I don't if I don't. <laughs> Do you want to think about it and answer later? I will. I will. I will. <laughs> I'll edit that out, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that's so, fine. Jump spot. No, but it's funny because um, I really like I like how different people do do different things with it. I love how Michael Lucelin, like he 
it, it almost seems like he got angry, you know, that people yeah. were, were, were making fun of his favorite character. And he said, I got to make this stop. And then he did amazing things. And I think one way of looking at it is like, he just, he just started making movies, you know, but yeah. it's, it's so much more than that to him. Well, that's the interesting thing. And I love the irony and I intentionally kept it in of, you know, Michael Uslan absolutely hating this character and it launching him down an entire career path. But then David O'Leary, just a few minutes earlier in the movie, was talking about how that same television show inspired him to become a police officer and fight crime. <laughs> so it's like we're even perceiving the same stories different ways, whereas one person sees it as an inspiration to become a hero. The other person sees it as an inspiration almost just to even kill that story. So, you know, and and it's that way in our world today with both fictional and non-fictional stories that are often in conflict with each other. And we see that in politics, you know, how you frame a discussion, what words you use, you know, all of those things tell a story and the exact same issue can be perceived from multiple ways. So, even though there's not a lot of addressing of that in the film specifically, there's also a level at which after you watch this film, particularly after you watch it a couple of times, I think you start to walk away going, you know what, these stories and these storytelling is going on around me all the time. What's going on that's affecting me that I'm not seeing? You know, that again, that's not overtly discussed in the film, but but there is that level of, okay, I'm seeing how this story affected these people. How are the stories that I'm bringing into my life and embracing affecting me? You know, if I binge on, you know, 50 episodes of Breaking Bad, what's that doing to me? How is that altering me? Uh, And is it altering me? And do I need to be aware of that? Yeah, it's not only just a story. It's a story around the story, the story we make about the story. There's just so many different layers. That's exactly right. You're exactly right. Yeah, I was thinking about, uh, so Brian Elliott, you don't really go into his passion about the character because yeah. and then but you do show how him just putting that symbol on what that means to other people and mm-hmm. then the effect that what it has on other people has on him <laughs> yes that's exactly right and for him it started you know i couldn't get into this in the movie but for him it started as like a joke you know it wasn't like a serious like it was with lenny where it's like i'm gonna put on this costume and go do good he did it as a joke at one of his first marathons that he ran he put on this costume and he was so moved by the experience of how people responded to it that now he just always wears it and it's become but it even took on then a bigger life for him uh so i mean it's it's really it really is interesting you're exactly right and i have an answer now it's petaluma definitely yeah (laughs) I don't know about that, man. One of my favorites, too. It's so nuanced. It's so nuanced. What do you like about it? I love seeing those kids reacting to him. Yes. I, I love thinking, what if there was a guy like that in my town when I was little? Yes. You know, just that thought of, wow, I could see Batman walking around. He's at the comic shop. He's at the library. I see him up on a rooftop, you know, and as a kid, you don't really know the difference. And then he actually goes and beats up Joker, you know, (laughs) on Friday nights. And if if my dad would have taken me to something like that, that would have been amazing. Well, that's the thing. And that's you're you're expressing the things I love about this kid, the, the guy so much is that, you know, and the reason why I feel it's one of the most nuanced stories in the piece is that, you know, here he is, you know, putting up posters to try to find missing people and raising money for charities and all that stuff, you know, which is this big hearted, you know, community spirited thing. But then it's like you said, on Friday nights, he's having like fake 
fights, you know, like he's in the circus or something, you know, in the town square. I mean, literally in the in the middle of the city, the heart of the city, he's there fighting and everybody's going, yeah, you know, and it's the most ridiculous thing you've ever on one level. It's like the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. But but it's part of the whole thing. It's part of who he is. I've had people watch that mo- that part of the movie and be like, I don't get it. I don't understand this. You know, why is he doing this on Friday night? But but to miss that is in some ways to miss who this guy and what this story is and what it means. He's an entertainer. He's a community servant. He's helping people. But at the same time, he's not afraid to be silly and goofy. And it's really a it's really an, a great it's almost like a slice of Americana. Like I feel like it's like a modern Norman Rockwell painting, this guy. <laughs> but and it, I think it's also I think it also honors the character of Batman yes. because Batman is all about the theatrics. People yes, forget about that. True. They don't he doesn't dress up like a bat because he thinks it looks cool. It's because he wants to scare people. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes, that's so true. So true. And and it's all it's it's about putting on a show. Yeah, that's right. That's okay. That's right. Yeah. So how, right. I don't know why I blanked, and I didn't think of Petaluma the moment you asked me the question. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Now I actually so there were there were multiple campaigns, right? You had an Indiegogo, you had Kickstarter, yes. all that's done. So I mean, I was fortunate enough to know about the movie from the beginning, and I got my copy of uh, my Blu-ray copy, which I'm very yep. happy with. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to talk to you about the commentary on it. Be- yeah, okay. Because I think the track is, the commentary track is really, really, really fun. I think it's a lot of fun. Oh, thank you. And when I was listening to it, right, so it's you. It's you talking over your movie, right? Who knows more about your movie than you? And what I, what I was thinking when I was watching it was that, so you're showing these stories of all these people, but then, but we never see a Brett Culp story, right? We don't even know if there is one. Right. That's right. And then when I thought about it, then obviously the the film is your story, right? It's like that's correct. That is absolutely your story. But I was wondering if you ever had any sort of um, temptation, or or if at one point you thought, man, I need more content. I need to be in the movie myself and talk about the character. You know, it never once occurred to me that that would be the right decision. Uh, you know, this movie, there are some documentaries that are kind of journey movies. You know, where you're following the filmmaker on a journey. Um, I, it never at any point occurred to me to do that. And I, the only time I do appear in the film is there's a scene where there's a montage of photographs um, of, you know, people who were inspired by Batman and loved Batman. And I'm in that montage as a little boy. Um, but, but aside from that, you're right. I'm not in it. And, and I, I made a decision for my voice to be, you know, overtly silent because I knew that I was subtly, my voice was heard through it all. The movie is an expression of more than just my love of Batman and my love of stories. My, the movie is an expression of my deep down core belief that despite all the terrible things we go through and all the difficult stuff we encounter and all the evil that there is in the world and all the setbacks we face and all the impossible situations that we come against, that, that hope is never lost, that there is always something in the middle of that that we can find, that we can use through commitment and determination and belief that we can use to bless the world. And, you know, the the stories that were chosen, the way they were communicated, express that belief at their core. And so for me, 
you know, even though I, my face has never appears on the screen, that message that is so clear in the way we edited and present all these stories in the overall film, that's me, man. That's, that's, that's my story. And that's everything I wanted to say. That's that. Yeah. And I, I, I could get that. I think, I think especially from the commentary, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that was your intention, that this is the movie that you wanted to make. Yeah. It absolutely is. This is this is, you know, I've spent my life as a filmmaker and in many cases I I don't I'm not able to say exactly what I want to say. You know, there's always a piece of me in there, but it's not exactly what the message I wanted to send. And I knew from the start with this movie and it's why we took some of the approaches we took with um you know, the, um, the Kickstarter campaigns and, you know, never seeking traditional distribution. I wanted to, at this point anyway, I wanted to be in control of the messaging and make sure this movie said exactly what I wanted it to say. And I hope that it's a very positive message that will inspire people because it's the message that has inspired me about these superhero characters and about the heroic characters I've loved my whole life. I've heard you talk about how when you started talking about the movie, people would start contacting you about different stories. Yeah. yeah. Around. And I know for the past, at least for one year, I've been thinking about things that have been happening, like the San Francisco Bat Kid, the yeah. trip, um, something terrible. Yeah. I, um, over the last year and stuff, were there, I mean, when did you have to stop and finally say, I need to stop putting things in this movie because uh, it's too much? You know, um, it was, you know, it was an interesting thing. It actually kind of happened organically because it, there was never a real point. I definitely did not want any repetition in this film. So, you know, once we, for instance, had decided to put Lenny in the film, and I wanted Lenny in the film for a variety of reasons. He was the right choice. Uh, we can talk about that more later if you want to. But, but he was the right choice. But, you know, there are lots of people in the U.S. and all over the world even that are doing the kind of thing that Lenny's doing, which is dressing up as Batman and going and visiting kids, yeah. sick kids in hospitals and, you know, kids at uh, all kinds of things, doing community events to inspire kids and raise money for charities and stuff like that. He's not the only one. And so there were a variety of reasons why Lenny was the right choice for us. But but then it was just a matter of, you know, then people would reach out and say, look, here's what I'm doing. You know, I'd love to be included in the film. And I would have to say, I... God bless you for what you're doing. I appreciate it so much, but we already have a story like that in the film. And so, you know, a lot of these stories sort of became like uh, it was the, the, the this one story, you know, Jill's story or Brian's story became a, you know, like a marker or a archetype yeah. for all the other people in the world like Brian who are using Batman as a symbol for their athletic prowess or for their you know, accomplishing, you know, a mission or something like that. So, you know, once we kind of had that and, you know, there's like 12 stories in there and you kind of hit all these different bases, then it's just a matter of when the story comes in, it's like, how similar is this to that story? And and one of my fears when we first were looking at stories was that Daniel, Daniel and Jill's story were too similar, that Daniel, who, you know, uh, only has one leg and three fingers on each hand, that his story was too similar to Jill who um, is in a wheelchair and lives in New York City. But once I started exploring those stories, I realized they were very different from each other, very different. And even though they both were dealing with physical challenges, there was different elements to each one of them. And so that we were able to make those two work, uh, work together, even though they were similar. And because of that, we also put them at vastly different parts of the film. Daniel comes very early, and then Jill comes later, uh, so that there's no... Um, 
so that you don't feel like you're watching the same story again. Gotcha. Okay. So there's a whole other part which aren't really the the stories, but you do have psychologists and therapists, counselors in the movie. How did that idea come about? Yeah, so what I wanted was the ability to kind of, you know, as a filmmaker, when you make something this big, something this long, you know, a long-form piece, you need kind of um, interludes. You know, you need spaces between the stories for people to kind of clear their head a little bit. You emotionally engage with the stories. And so uh, – but but then you – I want people also to mentally engage with what those stories meant. So essentially the way the flow of the film works as a whole is you connect on an emotional heart level with the people in the stories. But then after their story is done – you go to a commentator, and that commentator might be a, a comic book you know, expert or it might be a psychologist or a literature expert or something like that. And, and the, what you're doing is you're kind of essentially clearing the palate. So um, you're either and, – and those, those segments were carefully chosen either to introduce the story that comes next or to kind of give a commentary on the story you just saw. And so that's the way the flow of the piece is that these commentators come in between and they illuminate the pieces of these stories that you might miss and might not grasp the, the, what I felt was the emotional, uh, significance of, they kind of illuminate that for you for just a second so that you don't miss it. I really liked Carrie Friedman and, and Travis Langley's, um, stories because they were, they were both very personal and they were able to provide tons of insight yes so i think yes. i thought that that was you know they were too they stood out to me because they were able to provide both both parts yes 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 and and that the, the movie kind of goes in three acts and there is that act you're talking about is that that the, the, they do the most talking in is the middle act the second act which starts with michael uslin uh talking about his experience uh starting the first comic book course and then moves to Travis, then to Patrick. And then that kind of closes with Carrie and moves into Petaluma Batman again. That starts the final act of the film. And I'm glad to see all of that in there because I'm a therapist and I use Batman comes up all the time, you know, for, in so many different ways, which is, that's why when, when I wrote my, my review article of the movie, I said, if I ever had geek therapy become <laughs> a documentary series, this is what I want the Batman episode to be like. Yes, because this is this is what I do in in my job. If somebody comes in with a hero with a character that they really like, I want to know what it means to them. It doesn't matter what yeah. the original story was. I want to know yeah. what their story is, how they relate to it. So that's why I love how how varied the stories are and how you get so many different perspectives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Is there any other um, like are you are you going to do anything else with the character? Anything else in the future with a, a different character along the same lines of, of the power of stories? Like, like what's next? You know, I'm trying to figure that out right now. I have a lot of ideas swimming in my brain, and I'm trying to figure as – as a filmmaker and as a storyteller, you know, after going through this process, I mean, here's like two years of my life. You know, it's amazing how much you invest to make it the way you want it. And so, you know, the trick is number one, what story do I really care about enough to go after again? I do not want to make legends of the night too. Um, uh. you know, I, 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 <laughs> I, you know, I feel like I have said what I needed to say about this. And, and so from that perspective, I feel like, you know, from Batman 
and the power and impact of stories from this perspective. You know, there are other perspectives you could pursue, but I feel like I've kind of said what I wanted to say, and I don't want to just make another movie to say it again. Sometimes people do that because they're just trying to monetize it. You know, they're just trying to, you know, we made good money on this and we were successful on this. Let's do it again so we can be financially successful a second time. I don't feel that way about this. Um, I'm not afraid to do another superhero again, and we may do that. I've got some ideas about that. Um, but we would take a very different angle and we would do it very differently. I'm not going to do the same thing for Spider-Man and say, let's do 12 stories about people who've been inspired to be heroes because they loved Spider-Man when they were kids. I'm not going to do that. That's, um, I feel like it would be the same movie again and I will not do that a second time. And I know that the stories, like I said, the, the stories affect other people's stories, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's hard to explain, right? But I think... I think that the product uh, of you know the product of of your story the the film I think that once more and more people see it I think it'll start creating its own stories. Yes. And it's going to be really interesting to visit it a few years down the road and find out and I'm sure you're going to hear from tons of people when they see the film how it resonates with them and I'm sure it's happening already. Yeah, yeah, you know we are we are starting to do that and that is the that is the unique irony when you look at the film from a certain level, you know, if the goal becomes ultimately, which it is, the, the ultimate goal of the film is to inspire people to, to find the hero within themselves. And so ultimately you say it's a movie that inspired – it's a movie about people who were inspired by Batman and you hope that then people will be inspired – by the stories they see in the film. So it's like the inspiration starts with Batman and then it goes to the people in the movie and then it goes to the people that watch the movie. And then your hope is that then it goes from the people that watch the movie to have a more hopeful spirit about life and them to give that inspiration away too. And now you're like four people deep. And so, you know, that ultimately is the goal and that's the power of these kinds of, you know, concepts like love and hope and faith working in the world is that, they can grow exponentially if we will let them, and um, that's that's my hope is that people will see this and it will be like the butterfly flapping its wings in Brazil that makes the wind blow in Spain. You know that that it will ultimately create that sort of effect for people all over the world. And now that people are starting to see it, um, have you you know like what have you heard? What kind of standout stories have you heard from people? Oh, you know, most of what we're hearing at this point, because the movie is pretty new and people are just hearing it, I'm just hearing, I'm just hearing, um, you know, people send messages about how many boxes of Kleenexes they went through and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I, I know people are, are feeling, you know, empowered by it and they're feeling, um, you know, they're, they're feeling this sense that they, that they're not stuck that they're not helpless, that they can go out and do something in the world. And I think it's going to, I think, I think the kind of stories you're talking about are going to be the stories that we receive over the long haul that are going to speak to that. You know, in some ways in, in your world, it's like the comparison of nobody walks into one therapy session and then walks out and they're like, I'm a different person. I'm going to go move a mountain. You know, it's a, it's a slow moving process. And so my hope is that this, these, this film contains stories that will touch people for a long, long time and that they will carry with them and that they will keep referencing back to. And then the other goal is for people to be able to use it as a tool, um, you know, to inspire people to be able to say, look, I, I watched this movie and now I'm going to show this seg this three minute segment from the movie to my youth group or to my 
um, to a client I'm working with or a patient or a, you know, I'm going to show it to some kids at a children's hospital or, or whatever it is like that. And that they will start to use it as a tool to do whatever it is they're doing. I, I feel like in some ways, and this was intentional, the movie is open-ended enough to where you could take it and use it for whatever it is you're trying to inspire people to do. So, you know, and I mean that in a positive way, but, you know, whether it's to inspire someone to do the physical therapy and all the work it's going to take to recover from an accident or to recover from an illness, or, you know, you're trying to motivate people in their, in their marriage or as a parent to really engage with their kids and, and be that kind of hero that their family needs, um, you know, whether it's to, you know, in, in business or life or to take a young person and say, look, you can, you can go out in the world and do something great. Just, you know, give yourself and, and go do it. You know, in some ways, this would be an amazing graduation speech, you know, to give to somebody at the end, you know, so it's open-ended enough that, that there is that potential. And so in some ways, even though my official title is probably filmmaker, in some ways, I feel more like a facilitator that has just kind of put a tool out into the world, and I'm going to be excited to see how people will use it in the months ahead to make their worlds a better place and to bring inspiration to their spaces. When I first heard about the film, I was hoping that the final product would be something like that. And and in my opinion, I think I think you've succeeded. Yeah, because at absolutely, there's there's so many different stories, and I can see I'm in a position where where it's not it's not strange for me to show a clip from a movie about a superhero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whether it be a documentary about stories like Legends of the Night or something else. So it's definitely going into my library. It's a my, my toolkit. And I, can, yes. and I can imagine the type of clients who might benefit from that. And, and I foresee using it a lot because I, I really like it. I'm, I'm very glad. I got to say, this is the first time I ever participated in any sort of crowdfunding. Because mm. I always say, well, I'll wait till it comes out. What if it's no yeah. good? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I, yeah. I wanted to see it happen. So so at least I, I am a fan, I got to say. Good. Well, I appreciate that. You know, and you were one of those people that supported us when I was just throwing those shadow puppets on the wall. So, you know, thank you for doing that. It, it, thank you for seeing the vision when uh, many people could not see the vision. So hard to explain, but, but you got there. <laughs> <laughs> we did. You know, once the trailer came out, in, in February of last year, then it was done. You know, then it was like, everybody got it. Everybody understood it. In fact, well, let's say this, they at least under, they at least knew it was going to touch their heart. One of the executive producers on our project, who was my cousin, his name's Matt Andrews. And he was with me from the very beginning of this project. And he and I used to wear underoos together, um, you know, and be Batman and Robin when we were kids. He, when people would say, what's this movie about? He would just say, Batman will make you cry. That's what this movie is about. That's it. And I was like, you know, that's actually not a bad tagline for explaining it to people because it was very intriguing. But, you know, once that trailer came out, people really understood what it was. And most people, some people on a more superficial level would say to me, yeah, you're making a movie about sick kids. And I was like, no, no, that's just the part of the trailer you remember. <laughs> There's all this other stuff in the trailer too that you're you've forgotten. But you know, it definitely touched people emotionally, and and you know, but the people that saw this movie from the start, that really understood it from the beginning. I mean, our production partners on this film, Broadcast Thought, uh, Vasilis Posios, 
at Broadcast Thought and um, Pop Collaborative, Ken Christofferson there. They got it from the very beginning and supported it financially in a huge way and supported us in all kinds of ways because they saw it. And I'm so thankful for that. It was great to have the Kickstarter support, but it was easy to support this film then. It was much harder to support it at the beginning, and I'm appreciative to everyone who did. When uh, at San Diego Comic-Con, when you showed a few clips, I remember I was not the only person who you showed a clip, cried, dried my eyes. <laughs> you talked for a little, showed another clip, cried, dried my eyes. <laughs> oh, you know, and, and there is I even tried to design the film in a way like like I said, I, I said before you know, that we picked Lenny for a specific reason. And the reason was, is because there was this comedy element to his story. You know, the film needed some comic relief because it was so heavy. And, you know, Lenny's famous for being the guy that gets pulled over, you know, by the by the police for driving the Batmobile without tags. And I just knew that was going to give the audience a little break from all the heaviness in this movie. And, um you know, provide a little bit of that. And he, and Lenny's such a character anyway. I mean, he's a heart of gold guy, but he is funny <laughs> and eccentric and, you know, has his own individual way about him. And, and I love, I love him so much and he has such a great heart. And so it was a, it was fun. Um, it was fun connecting with him and he was the perfect story to include in this. And there are a few things like you mentioned the, the irony of showing Mikey Wooslin, you know, just, uh, so furious that people hated, or, you know, about um, so, so furious at the Adam West version, and then yes. immediately showing, you know, someone who was inspired by the character. That and that is that was funny to me when I was watching it. Like I, I totally yes. got that. That was really good. Yes, yes. That irony is very interesting. But again, it speaks to the power of stories and the way w- the the stories aren't black and white, and our perception of them changes them. It controls them. What we bring to the story. Uh, our own perceptions and our own biases affect the way we perceive it and the way we can perceive it. So, Brett, I know that we, we, I talked about how, you know, contributors and that stuff, we get our copies, but the movie is going, is it's like nationwide now, maybe international. Are you showing it anywhere? Yeah, else? You know, I, yeah. I mean, well, there's two things going on in terms of people viewing the movie right now. I mean, the, the, the first thing and the thing that I'm super excited about is, is these theatrical screenings that are going on. Um, this Friday, today is Tuesday, this Friday I'm leaving, uh, and we're starting a theatrical tour of the film and I'm going to be in like, I don't know, 15 cities in the course of, uh, February and March. And, uh, we're going to be, uh, one night only theaters, uh, on the East coast, the first week of February. And then I'm going to be on the West coast, the third week of February. And, uh, those are one night, one night only screenings, one time screenings and, I hope that as many people in those cities as can will join us, and you can see that full list on our website at wearebatman.com. But then the film is also available for pre-order, and so people can pre-order a DVD or a Blu-ray, and um, everybody that pre-orders is going to get the film two weeks before the general release of those. Um, So there's an incentive to to pre-order because you are going to get it earlier than everybody else, but – the thing that I'm most excited about and is the fact that all of these theatrical screenings we're doing, the proceeds that would come to me from that, those proceeds are going to go to charities, um, which which I love. They're going to go to local charities in each of the cities that we're in, which I think is absolutely – which is the heart – has been the heart of this project from the beginning. And what we've created is this opportunity, which you can see on our website, uh, wearebatman.com. 
that people can request their own screenings of the film at a theater in their local city and they can you you can choose the charity that you want those funds to be given to so you know you could request a screening in uh Denver Colorado at one of your local theaters and uh you choose the charity and it can be a night to raise awareness and funds for a charity you can see this this movie and inspire your community and and make a difference as well. And so I love that we were able to figure out a a theatrical distribution plan that allows everybody to kind of have a little bit of a Bruce Wayne experience. (laughs) Yeah, that's fantastic. And I know it's coming here locally. I know it's going to be in tons of cities and I'd tell you to name them all, but I know that that list is changing. So it's better that people just go to the website. Absolutely. And that list is growing every day because people are now requesting these screenings all over the country. And so we're we're starting to get more and more and more. And if you see a city that you want to go to, please reserve your tickets because the way these screenings work is they only happen if a certain number of tickets are pre-sold uh, within five business days of the event. So when you click that, you're going to see that there's kind of a clock going. It's kind of like a Kickstarter campaign. And uh, each of these screenings needs support to make sure they happen. So don't think you can buy tickets at the door because there is no tickets at the door for these screenings. They are pre-order only. So get your get your tickets, reserve your tickets if you want to go. If you want it to happen, you gotta you gotta make it happen. I know that this is a perfect place to stop, but I do want to ask you one more question. It's fine. Go ahead. We're good. Um, We are Batman. That is perfect, right? (laughs) Where did that come from? I was sitting in an IMAX movie with my son about um, butterflies. I was at our uh, – it, it, it was like a – I was at our Museum of Science and Industry here in Tampa, and they were showing this movie about butterflies. And this was like two weeks before I was going to launch my Kickstarter campaign back in February. And they talked about the fact that they were trying to figure out where these butterflies were migrating to, these scientists. But they couldn't figure out how – where they were migrating to. So they started tagging butterflies with these little uh, tags on their legs or – I can't remember exactly how they did it. But they needed like a whole team of people, like amateurs in the world, like to help them. So they sent out messages to all these universities and said, you know, we're looking for people – at the universities that will find these butterflies, these dead butterflies, and and look around for dead butterflies in these areas where they tend to hover so that we can figure out where these butterflies are going when they, and they're dying there. Where are they migrating to? And they formed this like whole group of people like students that were amateurs that were doing this thing. And they felt like they were part of this bigger project, this bigger movement. And they, they had a special name for it. And I'm sitting there in the theater and I'm thinking to myself, you know what, this thing that I'm creating is not just a film. It really is a project. It really is a, uh, my goal is for it to be a movement almost. And, and I want it to be like this. I want it to feel ultimately like these people felt about this project that they were doing with these butterflies. I want people to feel that way about legends of the night. And cause that's the way I feel about it. And, and I realized that, that, I wanted them to feel like they were part that, that all of us together were part of something bigger than ourselves, which is similar to the way people in the military feel. And and so that's when it popped into my head to say we are batman.com. We are Batman. You know, that's who we are as a collective. And and the beauty of that is it's a it's an interesting counterpoint to what Batman's famous line is, which is 
I'm Batman. You know, that's what he always says. That's his famous line. But we've kind of reversed it a little bit and say we are Batman. It's not that you're going to say I'm Batman, but we are Batman. And and that's even the film itself presents a collective view of what Batman can be. There's a we to the film. It's not an I, it's a we. And and then this idea also struck me that, you know, we none of very few people in the world, maybe nobody, has the power to do what Bruce Wayne did. We don't have the money, we don't have the equipment, we don't have the training, all that stuff. We can't do that alone. But you know, if all of us joined together and said, you know what, we are going to try to be for the world what Batman is. Not to put on a cape and punch people in the face, but to do something great together, then the reality is joined together as a group of people, we can make that kind of Bruce Wayne, Batman, positive impact on the world and be the superheroes we imagine that we are as, as individuals. If we take the ego out of it and we work together, we can do something great. And that once all that gelled in my head, which all came together in like five minutes while I was sitting in an IMAX movie in a museum with my son – and then I had to like be like, all right, go play over there for a minute. I got about six emails I have to type on my phone right now. And um, you know, once that came together, then it was just clear. So there's my long answer to your short question. That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> it's it's so perfect for the film, I think. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh man, yeah. I'm not objective at all about this movie. I apologize <laughs> to anybody listening. I apologize to you also. You you know, I and and, and the worst thing. That's is the thing. I mean, so many of the people that have commented on it and written articles about it, they're such fans that it's of Batman and superheroes that it's impossible to be objective. The worst adjective that has been used about this film so far and anything I've read online is that it's toothless, which just means, you know, it has no bite. It has no, you know, many people like documentaries to have some bite. And this one doesn't. I'm not mad at anybody, you know, (laughs) so, you know, which is odd for a documentary filmmaker. Usually documentaries are inspired by people being mad about something. And I'm not. Yeah, I missed the controversy. What happened? Exactly. That's exactly right. There is no controversy. So, you know, if if that's the worst thing they're going to say about me, which I'm sure it's not, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people who will be uh, delighted to share with me why my movie stinks. But uh, in the days ahead, but you know, if that's the worst kind of thing they can say, then more power to them. I'll uh, I'll I'll move on with my toothless movie. <laughs> so, Brett, one last time: Is there anything else you want people to know about the movie that maybe we haven't covered here? No, I, you know, the main thing is just you know take a few minutes and explore our website. Wearebatman.com. This this project again, it's a project. It's not just a movie. We're used to taking in movies like just what show me the trailer and then I'll pay my fifteen dollars and see it in a theater and move on. This is not a movie. It's a project that 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 so many people have invested their hearts into. And so you know, the best thing I can say is go to our website, go to wearebatman.com, look around, watch a few of the videos on there, read the articles, get a sense of what we're doing and how we're doing it, and and. On some level, join us, whether that's just to you know buy a, a DVD or a Blu-ray or a T-shirt or a fine art print or you know go to one of our screenings or launch your own screening and help a local charity or just you know put on your symbolic cape today and go out there and be Batman to somebody uh, and make a positive difference in their life. You know all of those things uh, are, are things that not only you can do to support our work with this film but also to make the world a better place. Go watch it. Go watch the movie. 
if you're listening, <laughs> check it out. So thank you so much, Brett, for coming on the show and, and, and talking to us about the film. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks so much for inviting me. And um, for more information on uh, the film, like Brett said, it's wearebatman.com. For more information on Geek Therapy, visit geektherapy.com or follow us on Twitter at Geek Therapy. <laughs> <laughs>